Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. The Province Sports Podcast. It's the Whitetail Podcast on Thursday, December 20th. Ooh, Christmas. Yeah. Patrick Johnston, Harrison Mooney. Hi. You ready for Christmas? I, I'm close to ready. I'm still working on all of my uh, Canucks-themed Christmas carols. Uh, I have My favorite one so far is Vertanenbaum. I think that's going to be a good one. Are you for, are you for real? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, good King Elias, I think I could probably do something with. Good King Elias, look down on the... All right, it's That's not, not bad. Let's not, not do bad. this. Let's not do this. Uh, the Canucks are playing today. They play the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, but we never talk about the game on the game day. That's true. Let's not bother. Someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. That's what I hear happens. Blues are a real mess. Oh, yeah. Canucks, a real mm, mess? or no, Not so much. Whoa. Having fun. That's true. Uh, it didn't look fun, uh, that, that game they played against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, but I don't imagine fun... Uh, can come from that kind of <laughs> antagonistic. They sure enjoyed it. Did they? Oh yeah. They were all. Were they like all fired up after the game? Yeah, you talked to them. Absolutely. What was the What was the vibe? They, I mean, they were mad. They lost. Right. They don't. Nobody likes losing. But moral victory. Moral victory. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then they were still fired up on Wednesday. Yeah, it seemed like uh, the. I mean, a, a different Florida team, but uh, the the Lightning game seemed a little bit like a maybe a sequel to the game against the the Panthers, where Mike Matheson. Body slammed Elias Patterson and nothing came of it. But it's not really a sequel because it's different teams. Yeah, but it's a it's a spiritual sequel. That's like saying like Star Trek Two is a sequel to Star Wars. It just seems like maybe the 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 Canucks wouldn't have acted the way that they did against the Lightning uh, if they hadn't acted the way that they did against maybe. the Panthers. I mean, the claim the whole time was if they'd seen it, they would have acted that way. Do you believe that? Yes, I do actually. Yeah, I kind of do too. Because nobody saw it. It literally happened away from the play. Yeah, but I mean, still, you know, they the once Pedersen is down on the ice, like you got to just start fighting somebody. I, guess, I mean, I guess. Yeah, I mean that part I understand a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like the Canucks should actually go after you know their opponents, even if like if, if Pedersen had hurt himself, you know, if he just well, lost an thing, edge yeah. and hit the wall. You go and you find Barkov and you give him the old one too. Yeah. Just you know, tit for tat. Well, to quote. Travis Green, the game has changed. It has changed. And it's not like that anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, to, not to dwell too much on what happened in, in, in October, but yeah, Green pointed out, you know, I mean, he pointed out to me at one point about look at all the stuff that used to happen in hockey. Like he played in the WHL in a time when, I mean, I mentioned this. I know I mentioned this when teams didn't warm up at the same time because they just didn't want any shenanigans. So the, the game's changed there. Yeah. There was a time where no matter what had happened, somebody would have jumped in there. Um, what happened on Wednesday was, or sorry, Tuesday, 
yeah, I mean, I think that's what people wanted. They wanted to see there's that emotional reaction. There's an emotional release. Nothing, honestly, nothing, I, I would say nothing on the Canuck side ended up being all that stupid. The hit, the, the Martell hit on Stetcher was terrible. Um, and the Canuck. Did you think that it should have been a suspension? Yeah. Um, but, you know, the argument was that uh, he actually made shoulder to shoulder contact. Yeah, no, contact. no, I understand that. No, no, I understand that. Listen, it's a question of what, was it going to happen? No, I didn't think it was actually ever going to happen. And I said it right away. Watch them twist their neck, you know, watch the you know, Department of Player Safety twist itself in knots over points of contact because right. that's what they always go to. Well, then the Department of Player Safety, which is run by the most suspendable players of the last generation. Yeah. Uh, I, I do wonder what the NHL thought was going to happen when they put guys oh. like George Peros in charge of discipline well, for, you know, uh, these guys. No, I think they knew what they were doing. You know, it looks good, right? Does it look good? Well, because it's the tough guy. The tough guy knows. That's but what I mean. No, no, but I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that. I want to fight you on this. It makes me so mad know, but I'm that just saying, these but, guys are in charge of player safety. But, like Kyle Wellwood should be in charge of player yeah, safety. No, Kyle's got more. He's got more things to do with his time. He's interested in tech. Right. But, I mean, you know, that kind of player is the guy who should be running yeah. the department. Not, not uh, you know, guys who uh, were known for their head hits yeah. uh, no, and their yeah. stage I, I understand the argument. But what I'm saying is, is there's a reason why they do it. And it's the same reason why I didn't think they were going to end up suspending Because they don't want to suspend people. Right. That's the that's the base thing is that their, 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 state, their, their preference is to have nobody suspended, well, which is dumb. Right. Yes. And and not the point. Then they'll also point out, well, there's no more fighting. I mean, which is true. There's way less fighting. Yeah. You know, I, I, I the reason why I thought it, it it should have been a it should be a suspension, and this is a p- question I said I guess a hockey policy, is that that's still a dangerous hit. It doesn't matter what where you what you hit first. It's what's the consequence of hitting in that region. Yeah. And you know, Troy Stetcher has a concussion. And if, you know, the NHL is weird because the NHL only looks at things if there's basically if there's an injury. Right. And then they start going through their checklist and they say, well, you know, is this something we've decided we want to get out of the game? And, and at the end of the day, it's not a hit they want out of the game right now, which is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Because what would you, ra- what would you rather have? Danik Martell playing more games. He's played six games in his NHL career or Troy Stetcher, who's been a quality defenseman for a couple of years now. Yeah, I hate that argument, though. The idea that, you know, the these suspensions or these punishments should somehow, uh, you know, be weighed by whether or not the hurt player is important. Right. Um, you know, and you, you hear that all the time. Like, well, why is this guy still on the lineup? He He's a, a replacement level player and he hit a star. Yeah. And I just couldn't care less, uh, you know, where that player stands on the depth chart or how many NHL games the player has had. It seems to me like the whole point here is to legislate head hits out of the game. Right. And it should not matter uh, how many games the offending yeah. player has played or, or what his status is, how well known he is and yet the NHL continues to legislate based on this and fans still seem to think that that's what matters well it gives an incentive for Martel though like this is my point Martel's a guy who's clearly scrapping to get an NHL job right, right? he's trying to kind of get and a now reputation. you're reinforcing a guy who I mean it's great he's in the NHL good for him but like you know, if you're creating an incentive for him to be a head headhunter, you've just done that. Well, yeah, I mean, John Cooper did it when he fist bumped the guy back at the bench. Well, it depends on your narrative. People right? were mad about that. I know. Well, I asked him about that. Tell me what they said. Well, he said, I asked, what was that about? And it was just a fair question. Cooper, he's a good. He, honestly, I've, I've talked to him twice. By all accounts, he is what he is. He's a good guy. Former uh, former uh, attorney 
Ooh. It's a former lawyer, so he's a smart man. He knows okay. how to answer questions. Uh, lawyer turned hockey coach. Yeah, well, he, um, yeah, he was a, he was a, I believe, if I have it correctly, he was a public defender in like Chicago or something. He's originally from Winnipeg, hmm. um, and ended up in the U.S. and yeah, and, and anyway, was coaching on the side kind of thing and kind of turned into a real job quite quickly because he's pretty good at it. Yeah, anyway. he is good at it. Anyway, I asked him about it and, and he said, listen, he said, no, you know, my player had just been, you know, under pressure from two other guys, which of course was about the hit. Right. But, you know, he's the one who caught, he caught the punch from Eric Goodbranson that everybody saw. That sweet uppercut. Yeah. You know, that I was half wondering if Goodbranson was going to get in trouble with, you know, didn't, you know, in the end, everyone sort of said, well, that's hockey. All right. All right. Fine. Um, and, you know, the Tampa Bay fan base was all fired up about it. Over a gloved punch to a padded area. I'm just saying. Anyway, telling the story. Anyway, at, the, at that point, you know, all this stuff had happened. So I said, what was the, you know, fist bump? He said, you know what? He stood up for himself. You know, he, he stood up for himself. You know, like, I, you're like, okay. You know, he stood up for himself in the world of hockey vigilante justice. Right. And that's what he was saying. You know, good for you. Way, mm-hmm. way to keep it tough. Yeah, I don't But I mean, the broader, the broader narrative is that he hit a guy. He hit Stetcher, you know, on a, on a hit that I think everyone was agree. Even he all acknowledged was, you know, had some borderline questions to it. He said, "Listen, he came from behind. You know, that's always going to draw the attention of the league." I thought it was shoulder to shoulder. Well, that's great. Whatever. That's the standard the NHL follows. Um, then he gets in this this altercation with Vertanen and Goodbranson, who are, you know, essentially seeking some sort form of vengeance for a hit that everyone saw. Right. And so he's given the fist bump for, well, way to stand up for yourself. Well, why did he stand out for himself in the first place? Right. So, you know, I mean, he's, he's having it both ways, which he's trying to say, listen, it was, it was, it was for this other thing. It's not for that thing. Right. But, you know, it was for the, the thing. I don't actually have a problem with, uh, with Cooper giving a fist bump in that, in that instance, because, you know, he's the coach of the offending players team. Mm-hmm. Like you are not the guy who's supposed to be, uh, uh, doling out punishment. You're here to support your boys. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, if your guy has a hit, uh, and he comes back to the bench after fighting some guys, Hey man, good job. Mm-hmm. Way to be tough mm-hmm. out there. But, you know, you expect that the league is going to be smarter than the coach of the offending yeah. players team, and they weren't. What did the, uh, the, the Canucks that you talked to say after they learned that there was no suspension? They were, Good Branson was mad. He still called it a dirty hit. He said, those are hits that we've been told they want out of the game. You know, they've had presentations on it. And he said, I'm still, I still stand by what I said. He said, those are not, that's not a hit that this game needs. He's, Good Branson himself pointed to his own suspension last year when he, um, uh, when he hit, um, uh, Vetrano from the Bruins from behind, That's behind a good the memory. And well, I wrote about it. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, no, listen, I, I, I learned my lesson. He said, I realized that, you know, now, now there are certain angles that we might've taken to throw a hit. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you know what? The guy turns and you're responsible. You know, you may not have anticipated him turning. But you better be anticipating he might. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, essentially saying, I learned my lesson. I'm not going to throw those kinds of hits anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's why his standpoint, he felt that that was, even if Martel wasn't headhunting, that nonetheless, it's a, it's a, it's a responsibility for what you did type situation. Yeah. And you sit out a game and not, maybe you won't do it again. Yeah. A head hit is a head hit. Yeah. You know, oftentimes players will say, you know, well, I wasn't trying to hit him in the head. Like I was going for a shoulder to shoulder check. Yeah. Fine. But you hit him in the head. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that 
in and of itself is a suspendable offense yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But obviously the league doesn't yeah, agree. You know what I mean? It's funny. I, I out of nowhere found myself watching um, the the McSorley Brashear incident last night. Oh yeah, that's suspendable. Which is Can't you know, which without a doubt was was you know, it's one of the most heinous acts we've ever seen on the ice where McSorley hits Brashear in the temple and Brashear's out cold and hits the ice, you know, mm-hmm. like a sack of bricks. And um, you know, that 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 that's probably the, and I was actually at that game, by the way, but that was one of the worst that's probably the worst thing I've ever seen live. Right. You know, this was worst thing I've ever seen live, Disney on ice. I didn't like it. Yeah. Wow, that's harsh. I didn't like that's it. That's quite I mean, with my standard. <laughs> you take it there, you, you know, poor Disney on ice. That's intense. It wasn't good. You know, so what we saw, I mean, it was bad, right? It was bad. It wasn't, it wasn't, but it was also, you know, on the scale of, of, of intent, it was quite different. Right. So, you know, like, you know, that's why I could say like, listen, I, you know, that's why I thought Good Branson's point was actually quite, quite good. Um, in that he said, listen, I, you know, I, I screwed up last year. I learned my lesson. My intent is not to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as a result, yeah, I mean, that, you know, I thought, I like, I thought that was good because the point in the end, you know, and I know, I made a note of it at one point. I don't think I had it in my final version, but it was that, you know, the NHL's approach has essentially been, has not been so much necessarily focused on, um, you know, guiding and altering behavior. It's been much more focused on sort of eye for an eye. Right. Kind of justice which is like well you did this and so you're going to pay this way right and i mean you know when that's the example set by the league mm-hmm. is it any wonder that the canucks feel that they need to respond like this yeah after hits like that which you know interestingly you know maybe maybe my last thought on this is that you know in a weird way that is hockey needs more of that i think because more eye for an eye justice no but more emotion right more what we saw that you know it wasn't it wasn't honestly what we saw what it didn't feel like it didn't feel ridiculous. Right. Um, it felt organic. It felt, you know, it felt, it felt passionate. You know, it was, it was something that spoke well, I think, of this team. Um, you know, and they, they and then, and then honestly, the fact that they were on ice wise, they were able to dial it back and kind of keep things under control in, in the third period was, you know, fits their narrative as well, which is that they're trying to win hockey games. Right. Um, but, but in the, in the broader scheme of things and looking at, the fans and what the crowd is looking for, you know, that's the kind of stuff that people will go. They'll say that was entertainment. I mean, they, people love seeing goals. They love seeing skilled play, but they like seeing the other stuff. And I'm not saying we need more fights. I'm just saying we just need more edge. I think yeah. edge is good. And, and, um, you know, it, it was, it, it was an unexpected pairing that way. There was nothing from the previous game against the lightning that suggested anything might like this might happen. Mm-hmm. But here we are. I mean, it was it was, you know, there was some <laughs> there was some collateral damage. It's not good. Troy Stetcher, you know, last report yesterday was he was feeling quote unquote feeling okay. Right. But we don't know. I mean, that was that was almost a bit of a guess from Travis Green. He said, "Listen, I think he's doing okay." Yeah. But he's dealing with post concussion issues. Obviously, like he's going to be out for a week at least. Yeah. And so, I mean, it seems very silly then that uh, the guy who hit him isn't out. But uh, my last question yep. on this before we switch mm-hmm. gears, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, in order to kind of understand what happened there, you do need to know about the the Florida game and the Matheson hit. Yeah. But do you think that the Canucks response versus Tampa Bay was, um, you know, a, a response to uh, uh, the, the kind of media narrative that sprung up around that Panthers game? Or do you think it was a sign of a team that's kind of beginning to find an identity and galvanize and stand up for one another? Uh, yeah, maybe. 
I, I think it's maybe the latter. Um, you know, we're in, you know, middle of December now, or almost, you know, I guess technically late December now. And right. I mean, these guys have been together a while. And- yeah. You know, we're three, three and a half months since the training camp started. And, uh, it's enough time for bonds to be forged, Patrick. Yeah. I for mean, instance, you and I are closer now than we were at the beginning of the season. Closer than ever before. Because we have to shut ourselves in this room at least once a week and yeah, well, at least once a week. Record a podcast. Not talk about our kids. No. I don't want to talk about my kids. Um, I only have one. I don't know why I said two. Well, we uh, have kids. Or our kids, yes. Like you have we, one and I have one. Right, separately. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you about the uh, Ole Ulevi injury, yeah. um, which uh, that was uh, very surprising news uh, that Ulevi is done for the season with, I believe it is a meniscus tear. Well, part of it is meniscus tear. That's what that's what Benning told me. Anyway. Okay. Well, he's done for the season and uh, it was particularly surprising because only two weeks earlier, yeah. uh, Jim Benning told the media Didn't that- Didn't think we need surgery. No surgery. And yet here he is, surgery. You know, well, you know what? I, I I have a bit of a defense of the Canucks here, which is that – It's impossible to see inside a player's body. That well, seems well, enough of a defense. Well, they had an MRI. They had an MRI. Anyway, I, I guess think, it's not impossible then. It's not impossible. But, but you know, I mean I think I think we have this kind of notion of, you know, science. Science knows everything. Medicine knows everything. Well, those of us who have been through it know that it knows a lot. It can make some pretty good guesses, but sometimes it takes a few guesses. Is this the beginning of an anti-vaxxer? No, absolutely your- <laughs> not. Vaccinate your kids. Um, no, but just the point is, is that, you know, when, when you Levy first suffered his injury, you know, he said, my knee doesn't feel right. Uh, and they looked at it initially, didn't think it was a big deal. You know, maybe he'd bruised it or something. It didn't, it, you know, at that point, you're just like, okay, it could be a list of things. What are the probabilities? Well, you know, I think the probability is it's not a serious injury. And so then, but then it wasn't going well. So they flew him out here. Eventually, he had an MRI. Um, they they seemed to know that it was some sort of meniscus issue. They believe, you know, because I mean, I I don't know how many people listening here have ever dealt with this, but I've dealt with a knee, you know, this type of a, not this severe of a knee injury, but I've dealt with a knee injury. And you know, physios can figure stuff out, and doctors can figure certain things out based on what your knee's just doing. So they would have known that there was some meniscus damage. Um, and they clearly believed, and Benning said it, you know, when he met with the media. I talked to him initially, and then he met with us as a group. And he said, you know, initially there was a, a sort of a belief, let's see if we can rehab this, that this right. might be a, a, an injury that you can recover, you know, without having to do any surgery. Because surgery is invasive, and it's a bigger deal. It hurts. And it hurts. And no matter what you do, it's always about cutting stuff. And as soon as you start cutting stuff, it's never going to be the same, even if you say, I'm fully recovered. Um so you just you don't want to do that. So they took a couple weeks and and you know it wasn't getting better. There was a uh, they the, he even switched braces. Apparently he practiced at least once in Utica. Right on November twentieth, I, I, um, I believe he practiced, uh, and then a few days later they well the, no no he, no 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 he went back. This okay. was like last week, if I remember correctly. I might be I might have that wrong, but anyway he'd been skating. He'd been skating and and. You know, the, 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 the approach was that he was going to be returning pretty soon, but it didn't get any better. And so they finally sent him to go see. There's a specialist in Vail, Colorado, uh, who, um, who, you know, looks at these kinds of things. And basically they looked at it and whatever they found, they basically, I, I mean, J- Benning said there were a few options, but the most obvious one was like, let's just get some surgery because we know we can lock it down. Right. And, but it also meant that he was going to be out for six months. So that, that therein lies the mystery is the six month part. Right. Because a meniscus injury usually only is a few weeks of recovery. You know, he would be back by the end of January at the latest. And so obviously there's something else. 
Um, Yulevi, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be recovering for, I believe it's a six month recovery. Yes. Um, but, you know, that doesn't mean that he's not going to get to at least see uh, a lot of North American hockey, right? <laughs> I mean, this is his, his first year here. Uh, well, he and, played junior, remember? Right. Well, North American pro hockey, yeah, then, let's enough. say. Okay. Um, is there any plan? TPS? Uh, no, he, no, he played, he played, he played TPS. Yeah. T- TPS's rink is only seven feet wider than an NHL rink. Well, good for TPS. Anyway, carry on. Uh, it, where is he going to be now? Like, is he going back to the Comets to sit in the press box no, and watch here. games? Or is he going to stay he's with the Canucks? Here. He'll and rehab watch. here. He'll see a lot of NHL hockey. Um, you know, I mean, you know that that'll be hard because he'll want to watch. You know, he wants to play. Right. The plan, Benning. I and mean, the Canucks want him to play. I the mean, Can- he was. Yeah. The Canucks, and the Canucks said they were going to play him here. Yeah. They were, they were going to have a few games. And, and you know, so he's the only guy in the top 16 of his year's draft now that has not played at least one game in the NHL. Hmm. Yeah, that's Which, no good. You know, isn't necessarily indicative of anything other than the fact that Canucks haven't wanted to put him in the lineup yet. Bust, Patrick? Is that what we're saying? I just – I, I don't think he's a bust. I just, I, I, I think it's a case where I think I do look at it and I say, you know, the Canucks, they're so, they're overly cautious with players like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there, there are guys that in, in Utica that have been, or guys that watch him in Utica and they say, listen, he's, he definitely has some defensive challenges. Right. Um, he can handle the puck. And I mean, clearly he's got skill. He had, yeah, he, uh, like a, a, he had a great stat line. Um, point of game almost, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, to me, it's one of those ones. Like, let's you got to get him in the game. Like, yeah. what are you afraid of? Well, I mean, now I think they're afraid that it's, it's just going to aggravate his knee injury. But, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't skate, damn it. But no, but, you know the long. So the long term planning now, and this, I have a story coming out about this um, tomorrow. I think on Friday ooh, preview. This but is just, why you listen to the podcast. Well, just looking, at, yeah, and you know, looking at the question of of what happens now, and it, it's funny because. Elliot Friedman pointed out, you know, what's going to happen with Edler and Tanev in his right. 31 thoughts today, which was essentially a question I had. And, you know, there are four Canucks defensemen that are right now slated to be free agents. Uh, Edler is one. He'll be unrestricted. Michael Delzato is another. He'll be unrestricted. And then Pouliot and Hutton are both restricted free agents, assuming you qualify them. Right. Um, but, um, you know, so how how that equation shakes out? I mean, you assume one of those spots seems destined to be Ulevi. Right. You assume another's going to be Quinn Hughes, since I think the plan is to try to sign him by the end of the year. Yeah. Um. And you know, so there's there's two spots there. So what do you do with the rest of the group? I mean, Hutton's in the mix, I think. Right. Um. You know, your left side. So right now, your left side defensemen are Edler, Hutton, Pouliot slash Delzato. Well. I don't think we're going to see Delzato back. You don't think he's playing? No, no. I mean, I, I'm just saying in the oh, summer. Oh, like back next year. You know. Yeah. So this is a, the interesting thing about this Ulevi injury is, you know, there was a, a, a lot of chatter online about it. And it, it, at first it seemed kind of strange because, I mean, this is a minor league defenseman. Like he's yeah. not even with the Canucks. Yeah. And people were reacting like, you know, this this completely scuttled the Canucks' plans. But it kind of did because clearly Ulevi, uh, you know, the Canucks were planning for him to to join the big club later mm-hmm. in the year. Yeah. Um, and you imagine that the spot that he would have gotten might have been the one opened up by, say, an Alex Edler trade uh, at the deadline. Yes. Uh, but now with Ulevi not coming in, uh, you wonder about that. Like, can the Canucks afford to make this trade if maybe they're in the middle of a playoff push? You know, I mean, maybe they can <sighs> – there is this idea where the, they go to Edler and say, listen, Edler, who has a no-trade clause. Right. 
and, and is, does not want to leave. You know, uh, you know, sort of running assumption has always been that he does not want to leave. Well, he carved his name into the wall at Rogers Arena. That's true. So now he lives here. It's not true. He didn't do that. But that would be funny if he It'd did. Be amazing. Quiet, Alex. <laughs> anyway, um, but maybe maybe they say, listen, we'll give you a new contract in the summer if you're willing to do this. So maybe he's back. Uh, does the NHL have a, a rule about that? Like, do you you have to do that kind of sneakily, right? Because if you if you have kind of a handshake agreement for a guy to come right back after a trade deadline deal, uh, I remember a couple of years ago they were trying to, uh, you know, uh, discourage teams from doing. This. Yeah, I think it's more like you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right. So, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe that happens. But yeah, I mean the. I think they'll try that. Delzato, you know, again, left-handed defenseman probably isn't back. Almost certainly isn't back. Pouliot. You think I, they're going to be able to trade Delzato? No. And is that because if you can't, if you can't get into the Canucks lineup yeah, as a defenseman? He's sitting in the press box. Yeah. All right. So, you know, Delzato's probably not back. Hutton and Pouliot? Hutton, I think, I mean, Hutton's played so well. I don't see how you don't. Right. Um, unless there's something else. But I, there's no reason from my perspective to think there's – they don't like him. Right. Um, he's, I played, mean, last year there was, but yeah, but he's played well and he's done, you know, he's eating up minutes and his coach is showing what he thinks of him, which is he's playing him a lot. Yeah. You know, I, I you know, he's not, he's not a necessarily a one number one defenseman, but he's been a, you know, he's been pretty good. Yeah. I think Hutton of, of all the defensemen, uh, you know, on the Canucks roster might be the one who's, who's upped his stock the most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then that makes you wonder if maybe they'll, they'll turn around and flip him now, now that he's actually, well, worth you know, and then it becomes a question of, of, yeah, what it, it does become a question. What do they think their team's going to look like next year? Are they going to bring it? Are they going to bring Edler back? I mean, I think they, you know, Edler's played well enough lately to say, okay, you know, I mean, there's still, you know, his foot speed is, his foot speed was never amazing, but his foot speed is not what it was. Right. And so there's sort of some question marks about that. Um, you know, so you, but then, yeah, like I said, you won't, are you going to go straight in with U11? You kind of brought, you kind of touched on this. Like he didn't play any games this year. You yeah. wanted him to play some games in the NHL so that he had, you know, he could understood understood what the step up was going to be next year. Right. So do you just hand him a spot for next year? What do you do? How do you handle that? I mean, he's he's going to play next year. We know that Quinn Hughes. Obviously, there's lots of hype about, and and most of it seems deserved. All of it perhaps seems deserved. Yeah, I, I um, heard he's a very good skater. You know, so then that's two left-handed guys, and and so you look on the right side. Um, you know, you got Stetcher coming back. You've got Tanev coming back. Do you uh, think Tanev is going to be back? Because he's another guy that, uh, well, you know, might have some trade value at the deadline. Yeah, every team I, is looking for right side funny. defensemen. He's funny. I think he's definitely a guy that other teams never really necessarily understood. He's not because, of course, he's not flashy. Yeah, he's not a goal scorer. He's not a goal scorer, although except he's, for recently. Except for recently, he scored that great goal. The probably the best goal he ever scored in his career last week. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, you know, they're the I I think if they wanted to try they could. I think there's probably st- I mean teams will say yeah, no, for sure we'll trade for him. I don't think you're going to get a huge return for him. Um there're obviously concerns about you know how much he I mean he's not even, he's still not 30, but you yeah, know I feel much, like you absolutely get a huge return for him. Like I know he doesn't no, score you did, much. you did 2 years ago. I think the the concerns is a, is injury prone. I feel like he's he had this hip problem, you know, still has this hip problem. People talk a lot about his injuries as though that's going to diminish his value completely, but yeah. I I kind of get the sense that that's more spin from GMs that would right. like a cheaper Chris yeah, Tanev. Yeah. I mean the the fact remains that he's uh, a top 4 right side mm-hmm, defenseman mm-hmm. uh with, you know, one of the 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 best defense 
defensive acumens. Is that a word? Acumens? Anyway, uh, he's a very good defender. So uh, I that's the kind of guy you want. Uh, yeah. That's the kind of guy every team is looking for. Yeah. Uh, somebody that you can throw there on the ice right. and you know that you're not going to have to worry about his defensive liabilities. Right. Um, so I think Chris Tanev has a, a lot more value than people talk about simply because players like that aren't available that right. often. Right. Yeah, fair enough. You know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I they, they've got to make that decision. The other factor, of course, is whether they take themselves seriously for the playoffs. Right. You know, there's, they're still on the outside looking in. It's been a funny little thing that, you know, I think maybe I've, maybe I pushed a little bit saying, listen, this is a team that at least believes in playoffs. Troy Stetcher mentioned the word playoffs to me last week. What did he say? Well, he just, he just referenced he just, he it. He said playoffs. Well, he just referenced it in an answer that, you know, that, that, you know, that, that, that you know, it wasn't a mind blower, but you know, if they want to make the playoffs, you know, the window's getting shorter and shorter. And yeah. so they need to, every win is more important. Every result is more important. So, um, you know, and you know, at a certain level, it's not surprising that he would say that, you know, what team's going to say in December? Oh, we've given up. Right. You know, this is not a team that's talking that way. Yeah. They didn't play that way against Tampa so, Bay. You know, anyway, I mean, it's a long shot. It's still difficult. Realm of sadness is very much on the table. Yes, the realm of sadness. Um, which I feel like you should maybe explain. Yeah, I was going to say for those of us who are those of you who haven't listened before, the realm of sadness is the window between not making the playoffs and not really having any chance of winning the draft lottery. Just the empty wasteland. P- picking like twelfth hockey purgatory. Yeah, yeah, you know, twelfth. You're going to get an okay player, but it's not. You know, it's not like you're picking top three or four. Well, Brock Besser was a twenty third. Yeah, but overall? you shouldn't you shouldn't strategize over getting you know getting the be- one of the best picks of the of the round at number twenty three. Well, I mean, uh, the Canucks also got Elias Patterson at five, uh, which shows that you don't have to have the first overall pick. Although, I mean, obviously, if you do, then you don't have to worry about yeah, who but, anyone else is going to take. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the lower down you fit finish, the better, the higher up the yes, yeah. And don't bank on getting Elias Pettersson the next draft at number five. Well, and you won't because he's a generational <laughs> player, he's right? He's already That's, been drafted. Yeah. There isn't another Elias much Pettersson. Like, much like Ali Ulevi can't play because he's hurt, Elias Pettersson can't be drafted because he's already been drafted. That's true. This is the best podcast with all the best explanations. Yeah, we've got fresh info for you. <laughs> Anything else? I can't think of anything else. You wanted else. to hear about Goldie and his Oh, caveat. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, uh. So one of the things, Gold- Patty, Patty yeah. J on the road is my, uh, is my Instagram where I, uh, I, you know, do occasional posts about stuff that involves the Canucks mostly. Your photos are too dark. Brighten them up. Okay, thanks. Good to know. <laughs> um, but as a result, I, you know, I follow, follow the players. Mm-hmm. And so you, you know, they have fun. Yeah. They generally post, you know, golf carts that they're driving around. You know, fun times they're having, things like yeah. that. Yeah. But Goldobin or is dog one of walks, the, dogs they're walking. They right. go hikes. Well, so a lot of Horvath's players. Horvat's a lot of hikes. Yeah. A lot of players. There's a lot stuff. about his dog. Yeah. Hiking, dogs, like Delzato, boring stuff. Delzato about, you know, cooking. He was cooking a turkey the other day. But Goldobin's Instagram, he, he seems like a pretty swaggy dude, man. Like, what? Uh, I, I saw a photo he, recently of. He's uh, a stylish fellow. His caviar toast. Tell me caviar about Caviar toast. Yeah. He had toast, caviar on toast for breakfast uh, on Wednesday. That is some baller breakfast. It's a story. And so I, I saw him in the room and I asked him, I said, yeah, caviar for breakfast. Eh? And you know, he kind of looks at me and he goes, you like that? <laughs> and I said, that's something else. He goes, oh, you know, it's amazing. Russian delicacy. <laughs> and, uh, and I went, he, I went, yeah, I know. He goes, the black stuff, that's pricey. And I went, okay. 
And I went, uh, you know, I mean, is that every morning? He goes, no, 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 special treat. My friend sent it to me. Oh. So his friend sent him a large tub of caviar. Oh, that's nice. And, uh, how come you've never sent me a large tub of caviar? Cause I don't know. We're not Russian buddies. We, we could be Russian but buddies. But here's a tip. Hmm. To quote Goldie, good protein. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, you also mentioned that he, uh, you asked him about, uh, whether or not he bought any new clothes uh, after making the, the team. beginning of the season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, well, he was, you know, he's being cautious. He doesn't want to get in trouble. And generally when you ask him stuff, he goes, no, 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 he downplays stuff. Right. So I asked him, I said, you know, now it looks like you made the team. Are you going to go and, you know, maybe buy a new suit or new some new clothes or something? And he goes to me and goes, what? You don't like my clothes? And I'm like, <laughs> no, no, your clothes are fine. I'm just curious. You're, you know, you like, you like fashion. He goes, no, 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 no. Keep it cool. I hope that he stays with the team uh, for a few years at least just so that we begin to see this personality yeah. more in public because it seems clear that he's actually a pretty he's a funny, good, interesting he's guy. He's very funny. Yeah. Uh, he but saw he, Patterson the other day. He goes, oh, Jeff Patterson, no comments. <laughs> and then walked away, walked away. Never talked to that we were, Patterson. Not that we were looking to interview him. Never. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it. All right. That's all I got. All right, folks. He's uh, at Harrison Mooney on Twitter. I'm, I'm at Rising Action. Or on Instagram, at Patty J on the Road. Very good Instagram. Photos uh, are a little dark. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week.